I want to greet everyone listening right now. But first... That was a very aggressive greeting. But before I greet you, I haven't greeted you yet. This is a pre-greeting. Okay. Because before we greet everyone, I have some housekeeping, some business to attend to first. Okay. Okay. I like housekeeping. I like a tidy house. What do you got? Uh, First order of business. I have yet to receive any serious offers for your skin. And I'm just putting that out there. I've also yet to receive any non-serious offers for your skin as well. So I am entertaining all offers. For those of you who do not know, I am selling Rain's skin after her death. Tattoos and all. Not while I'm currently using it. She's using it. You currently need your skin to keep all your fluids inside. I'm attached to my fluids. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, f- I function best when I'm full of fluids. Yes, most people do. Keep keep mm. all the, the wet stuff inside. When the wet stuff starts coming out, that's when you know you have a problem. Well, not always. Not Sometimes. well, it depends on the wet stuff. Yeah. Certain wet stuff, yes. Yeah, yeah. Beneficial wet yeah. stuff. Yeah. But for those of you who don't remember a few episodes back. Oh, I remember. I know you remember, but I am offering upon Rain's death, we shall have her skinned and mounted in a, a lovely decorative frame. Who's and we? Me. You? We. You. The, the royal we, okay. which is me, will have you skinned and mounted and put, well, just your skin, your tattoos, put in a lovely decorative frame, which somebody can put on their walls. That's a little creepy. Though. But you know what? Somebody might want it. I don't want it. Yeah, well, creepers would want that. I don't want to have to skin you and, and stick your skin in a frame and then have it sitting around for years before somebody makes me a serious offer. You so don't want to. You I have, want to you sell no this choice. up front. We're, we're putting options out there right now. I'm selling Maybe. it up front. But then, the, but then a half, half of it is the excitement because you don't know when you're going to expire. I have no idea. It yeah, could yeah. be delivered at any time. Right. It's it's like one of those cool packages you get out of the vending machine and you don't know until you open it up what it could possibly be. Exactly. I'm going to be using my skin for a while. Like, well, I you guess plan the, on using it for a while, but you don't know. It could be, I it don't. Could be tomorrow. Okay, tomorrow, you're it right. It could be right. five years from now. It could Correct. be a decade. We don't know. But that's half I, the excitement of yeah. the product I am selling is Uh-oh. you don't know when you're going to get delivery. Can I ask that you don't, like, you know, sell it to a creeper, though? I... I don't. I don't want to say that somebody who's willing to purchase your skin isn't going to be a creeper. I'm just saying I'm willing to. I'm willing to take all serious offers right now. Okay. All right. All right. I love you. I love your confidence with being willing to to offer something that you don't really have access to. But okay, do go on. I have access to it. <laughs> I still have a key to your house. That's true. I can That's come true. over. I'm not going to skin you now. I'm going to wait Thank till you. you're expired. I, I, when you... I appreciate that. There's, I think there's some legalities of skinning me while I'm still alive. I think so. I think the authorities yeah. might get involved. They get frowny. They would give me a tut tut. They would. Wag their finger at me. No, no, no. Wait till <laughs> she's dead. <laughs> I think even then it's molesting a corpse. I'm not going to molest you. No, molesting a corpse is tampering with it. No, the... no, I know, I know. Don't you just so you all know. The skin shall not be molested before okay, I give good. it to you. I will make sure that you are not molested. Prior, I appreciate that. Or not, not prior to your death, post-mortem. 
I, you are pitching my corpse to necrophiliacs? No, I am not. What That's not part of the deal. That is not part of the deal. That never that never came up as part of the God. deal. All right, moving on to item number can two. Can we? Can we? Moving move on to on, item number two. Please. I want to officially welcome Tracy S to the Dirty Talk podcast Patreon. She is the current patron, and so as part of the patronage, you get this shout out. Hello, welcome to the Secret Society. Of super cool folk. Yes, you will be receiving your welcome package in the mail with the decoder ring, and that way you can decipher- Not my skin. Not no the skin. skin. You have to, you have, that doesn't come included with your Patreon membership. But you get the decoder ring, so then you can decipher all our secret hidden messages at the end of every episode. And if you haven't heard the secret hidden messages yet, that's because you don't have the decoder ring. I wasn't aware of the decoder ring, but I'm going to take your word for it. I hope you're not making, I hope your mouth is not writing checks that your ass can't it's, cash. It's, Do you have a decoder ring? No. Oh, you've, you have introduced <laughs> your latest Patreon and you've lied to her already. There's this no decoder ring, but you get a handmade card from my daughter and some stickers and our gratitude. And to be clear... No decoder ring. No decoder ring. Maybe we should yeah. come up with decoder rings if we're going to have a true secret society. And then we can start okay. giving people secret messages at the end of every episode. That would be fun. I used to like to use the um, dancing men code from Sherlock Holmes. Mm -hmm. You remember the one case of the, the case of the dancing men? And it was a written code of little chalk figures. But it's a, it's a really cool code. Okay. It's just kind of laborious to use. But yeah, I used to love to use the uh, Sherlock. He had a whole code set up, mm -hmm. the, the case of the dancing men. Okay. So we, we could use the uh, Sherlock Holmes dancing. I used to write to my father in, in, the, uh, in code, and it took forever. And we only did it a couple of times. We're like, this is very time consuming. And we switched back to English. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm sure all our secret codes would just translate to be sure to drink her Ovaltine. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Anyways, that's your official welcome. Thank you for joining us, Tracy. And officially welcoming, now we are officially welcoming all our other listeners. If you two want to join the Secret Society, you can go to patreon.com backslash dirty talk podcast and find information there. But welcome. We're going to but dive no, right. But no decoder rings. But no decoder rings. Decoder rings to, to come. Yeah, maybe. Proposed date, 2033. <laughs> We're going to jump right in now that we've gotten all those pleasantries out of the way. And I, I also want to apologize for my voice. It's a tiny bit strained. I do have a deep voice. It's unusually deep today. This too shall pass. Mm -hmm. I did a little strain on the old voice box, and that's why I sound like I'm gargling frocks right now. A little bit raspy. We'll get through this. Mm. We we will. We're gonna. We're making the magic. I can feel it. The magic's tingling in my toes and my loins. I'm ready. I was born ready. Are your, are ready. your loins ready to jump right in? They are ready. Okay. I think this intro has gone on long enough. Ready for the meat? Uh, give me the meat. We'll start with the meat, and then you can give them the pudding. All right. Ooh, I also like pudding. Because you can't have any pudding until you eat the Unless meat. Unless you eat the meat, that's true. First topic of this week. You've heard of Propecia. I have. Right. I, th I believe your husband took Propecia for a time. Only briefly, and then he didn't need it anymore. Mm -hmm. He he took it because, I don't know, it was stress or it worked, and then he stopped. I think he took it briefly, like, 12 years ago. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so. Were you aware of the history of Propecia and how 
it was developed because of intersex children. Uh, no. No? You Not weren't aware of this? No, completely unaware. This is something I learned a long time ago. I didn't learn about the Propecia connection until I started looking into this again. But it's something I had heard of. Have you ever heard of Gueve Doches? No. Gueve Doches. I... I learned about this when I took a human sexuality class in college years ago. It translates roughly. Well, there's there's two different translations. Some people say it means testicles at 12 because it comes from Spanish of, uh, of the Dominican Republic. Uh, it's the conjunction of huevos a los doches, which means testicles at 12. Some people say it means penis at 12. But either way, it's the same thing. What happens is that there's certain parts of the Dominican Republic, specifically one village where there is this genetic defect where biologically male children are born without a penis. They're born with what looks like a vagina. Uh -oh. into all... And then it, it descends yes. at around... Okay. Then at, at 12, when they go into puberty, they start growing a penis. Mm -hmm. So all these children that have been born and raised thinking that they were females, suddenly... When they hit puberty, they suddenly have a penis and balls. I had heard about that, but I, I, I'm uncertain how it ties into Propecia. Oh, I'm going to get there. I'm excited. I am going to get there. So the, the reason why this happened, so at, at eight weeks in gestation is when everybody's body starts sexualizing in the womb. If you have XY chromosomes, the Y chromosome starts triggering testosterone to be produced one of the byproducts of testosterone is dihydrotestosterone, which is triggered by this enzyme called 5-alpha reductase, which it's so this dihydrotestosterone is this super potent form of testosterone, which kickstarts the baby to start developing the primary sex characteristics. So we all start off with this little penis structure and gonads. And so if you get the testosterone, your 5-alpha reductase turns that testosterone into that dihydrotestosterone, which makes you grow testicles and starts turning your little proto-penis into a penis. And if it doesn't get it, then it turns into a clitoris and you develop ovaries. So we're, we're all sexless until eight weeks of gestation. What happens is that these genetic males don't have this enzyme, so their body doesn't develop the penis. So when they're born, it looks like they have a vagina, but they don't have ovaries. They have testicles. Sometimes it's found when they do ultrasounds on these children that there's no uterus and there's no ovaries. They find testicles in them and they say, oh, okay, this is a boy and they're probably going to start developing male body types when they hit puberty because what happens is that when we hit puberty there's this other massive rush of testosterone and at that point we don't need this process with the five alpha reductase to happen their bodies get flushed with testosterone and then they start developing a penis uh not to interrupt but as a, an educator and i've been teaching this point in my classes we don't actually start off as sexless we start off as females well that's yeah that's the default yeah the default is is females and mm -hmm. it is a it is a rush of 
uh, testosterone that switches some of the fetuses over to male. Mm -hmm. And if you actually look at what a clitoris is, it's basically an internal structure that's very similar to the male like a structure. Or like a proto penis. Yeah, or, a proto -penis. I mean, I guess it wouldn't be because that's the default. The, yeah, the, the default is female. <laughs> yeah. And, and there is some testosterone that shifts it over to male. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. Uh, thank you for clarifying. What I was saying is that we essentially all start off the same, and then at that eight week mark is yes. when the sexual differentiation happens. So Correct. for these kids, they have testosterone, but they don't have this five alpha reductase, which creates the super testosterone, which would cause them to develop these things. So as a culture, do people just wait to see at twelve what you're going to end up being, or Sometimes. are these people? raised as females and then they have to deal with the head fuck of you're not actually female well there is a head fuck with them but it depends on where so there's one village in particular where about one in 90 males this happens to which is a fair number and that's yeah there was this one family i saw a documentary where there was one family that had two of these people in it where they were raised as girls they were put in dresses given girls toys to play with and then at 12, all of a sudden, they're male. And it is confusing. Wow. They change their names because, of course, they give them more feminized names. And then they change their names. One of them chose not to change their name. And so they were still going with the female name that they had previously had, even though they turned into a boy. Some of them say that there's teasing involved. Because if you grew up with a bunch of kids and they always knew you as a girl and all of a sudden and you're like, sudden, I'm a boy, then yeah. there's that teasing. But I also liken it to the same thing that can happen with youth when they discover that they're transgender and they start wanting to go as how they identify. Right. The interesting thing with this is that once this happens, a majority of them decide to start living their lives as males. And a lot of them felt like they were males. They didn't like wearing dresses. They wanted to play sports with boys. They had no interest in the girls' toys or anything like that. So mentally, they were already masculine. Oh, they were already there. Yeah. Okay. But outwardly, they looked female. They mm. had female sexual characteristics. Okay. So a majority of them will go on, they develop a penis, they de their, their testicles drop, and they can function normally and they can go on and have children themselves. I don't know if it's passed on to their children that they might have these children that suddenly develop different sexual characteristics at puberty. I, I would think they would if it's a genetic condition. Mm. Yeah. Some of them, though, decide that they don't like it. And they will go and have surgery to have the penis removed and restore the vulva that they had previously wow. had. Because, I mean, there's always the debate of nurture yeah. versus, versus nature. nature. So if they're raised as a girl mm -hmm. and they're self-identified as that, as and then girl. all of a sudden they didn't want Surprise this. penis. Yeah, they're like, I didn't want I mean, puberty's bad enough as yeah. it is. I've, I've gone through puberty. Same. I me too. I give it one no, star. I don't, rep I I don't it, recommend it to anybody. No stars. You give it no stars. But you can imagine puberty's bad enough. Your oh, body's changing. Yeah. You're like, oh, I'm just uncomfortable with myself and I have all these hormones. And then suddenly, yeah. I mean, for you personally, I think that you would have been happy had you started growing a dick mm -hmm. at puberty. I know. I know you're been like, oh, Okay, this well, this is great. Is great. Yeah. Um, I can make this. I can make this work. Well, yeah, well, yeah. yeah, I'm cool with this now. But for some yeah. people, like you're going through these pubescent changes, and you're like, 
fuck, I got a dick now. This sucks. What the fuck? <laughs> I mean, if you weren't expecting it and you suddenly started growing a dick while you were going through mm. puberty, that could be a bit jarring. Does anybody like a surprise penis? <laughs> no. <laughs> consent is key. You got to like, don't just surprise someone with the dick. They have to consent to have the dick. Mm-hmm. For our listeners, if we have any first-time listeners who are like, what are you talking about, Rain? What do you mean you'd be totally stoked with having a dick? I know that I can present as as feminine to some people. Some people see me as this like archetype of like total femininity, and uh, I feel much more fluid inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm tall for a woman. I have a deep voice, even if my voice wasn't raspy I, right now. I have large hands. I have a very high sex drive. I've always suspected that I have uh, an unusual amount of testosterone in me already. Mm-hmm. But sadly, you never grew a dick. But sadly, I never. But that's why I love strap-on. I have so much dick. Mm-hmm. I have thousands of dollars of dick. It just, you know, comes off at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't go through a surgery. But that, yeah, that is fascinating to me. So you were asking, what does all this have to do with Propecia? That's where I started this whole conversation. <laughs> What what does the magically appearing dick have to do with Propecia? I'm glad you asked. Back in the 1970s, this doctor from Cornell Medical College went down to the Dominican Republic because she had heard about all these magic penis that yeah suddenly oh they're they're males when they and when they entered puberty and prior to that they looked completely like females and they were treated like females and there was this whole weird thing going on so she went down and she wanted to figure out what was going on and she did tests on them and interviews and she was the one that figured out this whole five alpha reductase issue she took her research and brought it back and started lecturing on it. One of the things she also found was these people who had switched at puberty from female presenting to male presenting also had smaller prostates. So the 5-alpha reductase was causing their prostate not to grow as large. Okay. One of the heads of Merck heard her lecture about this and so he had this idea like oh if we focus on a drug that blocks the 5 alpha reductase and therefore this dihydrotestosterone production maybe it'll shrink the prostate and that's what it did so they developed the very first drug that did this called finestridine which they started giving to males with enlarged prostate problems. What they found also was that it helps with male pattern baldness because the dihydrotestosterone that is produced by the 5-alpha reductase causes hair follicles to miniaturize and become thinner and weaker and eventually shut down production of hair. And this is what happens to middle-aged men when they start getting the male pattern baldness is because they're just pumping out this DHT, causing them to go bald. So they said, hey, let's try this stuff for male pattern baldness. And it worked. And that's how they got Propecia. So it's one of the most successful drugs for fighting pattern baldness. And it was all because they noticed these kids 
started growing dicks when they were 12. <gasps> I love that. Mm-hmm. That's delightful. It's also the reason why there is a big warning label on the Propecia that children and pregnant women should stay away from it. Pregnant right, women shouldn't touch. even yet yeah, touch or handle it, especially broken pills, because it can be absorbed through the skin. And if that happens, then you could have this birth defect of having a male child born without male genitalia and then possibly developing a dick later in life. But that's why there's this big warning label on it, like keep pregnant women away from this medication because it could go and inadvertently cause this whole process to happen. Wow. Okay. I have seen the uh, warning label on the Propecia mm-hmm. uh, about not handling it. And it's like, I would like longer, thicker, more hair, but Propecia is not meant for me. No, no. No, no, no. I'm not a pregnant woman. Though. Well, you're not producing a bunch of testosterone, which is causing you to lose your hair. That's true. I just I just have thin, fine baby hair. It's very mm-hmm. annoying. So there we that's, go. That's how that's, you got from kids, intersex kids, developing <laughs> penises at 12 to one of the most popular hair loss treatments because we're always looking for more hair loss treatments and hard dick pills. That's true. We want the hair and the hard dick. Mm-hmm. Wow, I'm that I learned something great today. Thank you. You brought it to the table. You are you welcome. delivered like a UPS truck you mm-hmm. delivered. If as long as we're talking about genetics and stuff like this manifesting, I have something it's not I I'm going to be honest, your topic brought some A game. This is not quite as A game, but it's still interesting to me. Uh I know that I've mentioned this to you before, but I've told you how often People say to me, they've seen me somewhere. Mm-hmm. Oh, you were at that concert up in Seattle, you know, last week. Oh, I ran into you. Oh, I went to school with you. Uh, oh, I just, I saw you the other day. People mm-hmm. I've never met, people I don't know, or even people I do know. Oh, I saw you at a bookstore. No, you didn't. I wasn't there. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah people say, oh, yeah, I saw you somewhere. So, you know, right. yeah, yeah, whatever. And I've been having that my entire life. Mm-hmm. And the, I've mentioned Before this you were, before- became. Before you yes. even became notorious for being oh, you. I, I don't think that I'm notorious. I do do some modeling. And the theory has been proposed that perhaps when people are saying that they've seen me somewhere that I never was, that they're trying to start a conversation or that there's just like an opening line, or perhaps they, they thought they saw me because they wanted to see me hmm. or they were hoping to run into me. But the reason I don't believe that as a theory is that this has genuinely been happening to me my entire life. Hmm. Before I started modeling, before you could, you know, Google my butthole on the internet, it, since I was a fairly young teenager, I've had people approaching me saying, I've seen you, I know you, I ran into you, we went to school together, and I'm like, none of that happened. And I believe that I must have multiple doppelgangers out there. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm sure that most of our listeners you know, know what the concept of a doppelganger is. What I find fascinating is that my face is so common, and, and, and so many people have seen my face, not because they've seen my face, but it's not that unusual of a face. Mm-hmm. And a new study You're has- You're saying you have a very generic face. I do. I do have a, I have a generic face. I have a face I believe that many other people on this planet must also be wearing these mm-hmm. same components because otherwise people wouldn't have been saying to me my entire life, they've seen me somewhere that I wasn't. I've never had this happen to me. I don't think I look like anyone else. Can you think of anyone else that I look like? Uh, 
you look like a goth more troubled version of your brother you <laughs> so, do you do so you're saying i look a little bit like my brother i look like a vampire version of my brother your, yes okay yeah yeah but but outside of that like he most people quite... will have a celebrity that they can point to and say oh yeah all i've gotten is i look like a groggy johnny depp so i look like <laughs> like johnny depp in the morning is what i've been told so i look like some sort of drunk hungover groggy johnny depp so johnny depp because when is he not groggy, drunk, and I, hungover? I don't know. I mean, I don't I, know if I see it myself. But but could you honestly look at me and say you look like some celebrity? No, I, I don't. Also, I don't see the Johnny Depp, no. though. Yeah, because his hair is different than yours, mm. and uh, you have you have your you have more hair than he does. Mm. You're, you're you're fuzzier. He's got that like American Indian blood in him. He's a little bit less on the hair than you. Uh, I don't, I can't think of a celebrity that I could say that you look like. Mm -hmm. But then again, I don't think of a celebrity I think that I look like. I don't know who these doppelgangers of mine are that are running around, but enough people have said it to me that it's like, I just, I have an average face. Mm -hmm. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it. But a new study has come out, which has conclusively proven that yes, indeed, we do have doppelgangers. Mm -hmm. And it is both nature versus nurture. And uh, the truth is that we're not special and unique snowflakes. There's a basic building blocks that we all come out of, and there's over 7 billion people on the planet. And you can only put together the same components so many times, and you're going to start to have some repetition. And at this point, with over 7 billion people on the planet, it's almost assured that there is someone else on the planet that looks incredibly similar to you. In fact, so Except similar. Except for me, I'm unique. Nobody oh, looks like aren't, me. Aren't you all special? Well, you haven't been run through the AI. Oh, I guess not. So what researchers did was take these people that looked similar and they first did a DNA test and then they had the participants fill out questionnaires about their lives and they put their images through three different uh, facial recognition programs to match up these faces. And when the software would match up faces and say they're similar, then they would do the DNA testing. And the DNA testing showed that the people that had that were paired by the software had more genes in common. Mm -hmm. Which you're like it seems like super obvious. Yeah, but it's it makes like, sense. Yes, our, it our makes genetics are similar. So our, we're look yeah. Pretty, pretty similar. So I, I'm curious. I, I would like to run into all these doppelgangers i must you don't have a bunch i evidently so you have, have a, a lot of genetically identical people out there i must come from uh, my family tree must be full of people that like to fuck without protection mm -hmm. just like lots of banging like just just spreading that dna mm -hmm. everywhere mm -hmm. i believe if anyone listening to this knows someone who looks like me <laughs> send us I, their blood <laughs> don't don't send, send us them. their blood. No, I'm no. Don't listen to him. Do uh, not send us any blood. Please don't send I us. I will blood. send you a piece of red but, skin. In return, no, 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 he won't. He's lying to you right now because he's an untrustworthy vampire. I'm. Uh, the thing is, when people when people say, "Oh, you look like so and so," I, I'm like, I don't, I don't see it at all. I know someone said that you look like Johnny Depp, like I, a groggy I Johnny a groggy. Depp in the morning. Johnny Depp in the morning was his exact words. Was he trying to flatter you because he wanted to have sex with you? No, I don't think so. I think he was. He was trying to. He butter might have you been up. drunk. He maybe he wanted to hit you up for some money. 
You look like a groggy Johnny Depp. By the way, can I have 20 bucks? No. I mean, he, he was this older Israeli guy who I love, and he sounds Go like on. the Count from Sesame Street, a cross oh, with Yoda. He, so he, so he, like, he has the, the sentence structure of Yoda, but he sounds like, so it's like, look like a Johnny Depp in the morning you do, ah, 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 kind of, kind of thing. I see. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm seeing the count saying mm-hmm. that. It's tickling my funny bone. We, we here at the Dirty Talk podcast love us research mm-hmm. and we love us science. One of the things that research loves to do is make really obvious statements like the sky is blue. So they got these participants, they ran them through a study, they did DNA testing, they did not one, not two, but three different facial recognition software programs to establish that people that look like each other share a lot of common DNA. Mm-hmm. You don't say. I have another one for you. Mm-hmm. Did you know that a proclivity for casual sex has been linked by researchers to greater indirect aggression via heightened intersexual competitiveness? I didn't know that. It's a fancy way of saying that the more someone's down for a casual, easy, no strings attached, rampant banging the more likely they are to get in fights with people of their own gender. Okay. So they either like to fight or fuck is what you're saying. No, they like to do both. Yes. I like to fight and fuck, but not at the same time. Not at the same time. Mutually exclusive things here. The more inclined you are to have a bunch of random sex with as many people as possible, the more inclined you are to also have fights with people of your same gender. Hmm. Which is like, you don't say, thank you, researcher, verifying that. Now, intersexual rivalry is a situation in which people feel a greater need to compete with members of the same sex. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would have to say that I test really low on intersexual rivalry because people always say, oh, women are so competitive and they're catty and Mm -hmm. they're not friendly and they view all women as competition. And uh, I definitely do not fit in that. Is that why you're also not down to have sex with a bunch of random people? Uh, well, I'm female bodied and that is a higher risk for STIs. It is a higher risk for, uh, assault. It is a higher risk for injury. Uh, there are certainly female bodied women who are like, give me all of your STIs. Yes, I will meet with you. But they in are, a- are they more likely to get into cat fights? Well, according to this research, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had some casual sex in the day, certainly. Um, Female-bodied women are always at a higher risk for it. And it's like, hey, I don't know you at all. Come hang out in my hotel room and let's have sex. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that is a higher risk situation for me than you. Uh, any person who is the, the receptive partner in a sexual encounter, no matter what their gender, is at a higher risk of, of injury and uh, STI transmission. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I like to uh, not be injured and avoid STIs if possible. So, yeah, not having a lot of the uh, casual sex. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, it's a pandemic and I haven't left my house in two and a half years. So, not only am I not having casual sex, I'm not having any sex at all. Uh, That's fine. Except for masturbation. Oh, my God. I masturbate so many times a day, seven days a week. Like, there's a lot of orgasms. Are you still hiding in the garage? Uh, uh, if I need to, if there's a meeting happening, <laughs> I've, I've, 
I've masked, unlike Louis C.K. Mm-hmm. Like, but yeah, I I have hidden in my garage like a troll. You need to <laughs> get the masturbating uh, in the dark. I yes, yes, for sure. Are these things I'm not Give even me my precious? I yeah, want my yeah. preciouses. Well, I mean, the thing is, I can have an orgasm in about thirty seconds, mm-hmm. so it's really easy for me to come. I I masturbate every day, multiple times a day. So many orgasms. I love dopamine, and it's just like. Like, would you not be masturbating all the time if you could come in 30 seconds? Right. Also, right. I don't need to worry about my precious bodily fluids. Mm-hmm. I don't drain out. So like the seventh orgasm is just as easy to reach as the first. So is the tenth. Like they're just there. They're just like pearls on a necklace. They just keep coming. It's wonderful. I'm getting a little distracted. Let's. You're going to go masturbate after we're done recording this. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh-huh. Yeah, before you... Sure. That's mm-hmm. how we it will not be the first time today. Wow, we're on the topic of masturbation. Okay. I have, which is one of my favorite things, by the way. I know, you hey, just you just waxed eloquently about how much you love to masturbate hiding in the garage. That's only because I don't want to disrupt other things that are happening in the house. And also I need to be near an outlet. And sometimes I can be a little loud. Mm-hmm. So like if you want to not be disrupting anyone else in the house, but you also want to have an orgasm, uh, I'll also use these uh, podcasting blankets here. Uh, yeah. So I'll like put the blanket over my head <laughs> to help muffle the sounds. So yes, I have masturbated in my garage under with a, a podcast under a blanket okay. on multiple occasions. Okay. You're you're welcome for that visual. Let's talk about jizz jewelry. All right, let's talk about it. So it's now all the hip rage to have jizz jewelry. I don't have any. If I don't have it, it's not popular. Maybe you don't have your finger on the pulse of the of the jizz. <sighs> of the jizz. <laughs> jizz jewelry created by Amanda Booth, who is first used um, her husband's ejaculate mm-hmm. to see that she could make custom-made jewelry created with traces of human sperm. Mm-hmm. So she's making handcrafted trinkets and ornaments that people can wear. With only traces. Are, only traces, traces of human sperm. Right. Uh, and I would like to share with you some pictures of her jizz jewelry. Okay. It just looks like regular jewelry. Yes, it looks like regular jewelry, so it's not super obvious that mm-hmm. the ejaculate's in there, but she's proposing it as a kink. So okay. she makes jewelry, and she's like, you know what I could do as a little added bonus extra flavor, a little spice, is we could throw in some ejaculate. Just an essence of, of cum. Well, w- when Kiss went to release their comic, mm-hmm. they had their blood drained, and they mm-hmm. had their blood put the into ink. the ink. Yeah. So it's like how much Kiss blood was actually in the ink, trace amounts. Yeah. I'd like to well, think there's- Well, if you believe in homeopathy, then of course, it's just laden, <laughs> laden with it. Wait, wait. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> laughing fit. Take a brief moment to yourself, dear listeners. We're just going to get through this laughing fit real quick. God, fuck homeopathy. I swear to God. Uh, you're right. The Kiss comic was the homeopathic. Homeopathic. (laughs) Hold on. Wait, wait, I have to compose myself. Okay. Bring it back. Bring it back down, Rand. Bring it back down. All right. It just, it just, it hit me. Okay. All right. Indeed, the Kiss comic was the homeopathic comic of the day for sure. Yes, Mm. you just whiff 
the blood and you're suddenly a kiss vampire. Mm. I don't know how much ejaculate is actually in this woman's jewelry, but I do think that it is interesting in that she's pitching it as a kink. Mm-hmm. So couples that want to do this jewelry can send in their ejaculate, mm-hmm. which is like, how is that transported? Like she's obviously not using her, she dehydrates all of the ejaculate oh, okay. and then she grinds it up and then she massages it into the clay, mm-hmm. which she then uses to make the jewelry. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to worry about it spoiling or going rancid because I can tell you that uh, jizz can indeed go rancid. It can. Well, see, I would say that any of these couples that want that, they don't have to go through this whole process. I have been making pearl necklaces with my com for years now. Uh, how sustainable are these pearl necklaces? 100% though, like, locally sourced, sustainable, <laughs> organic. Can you still wear them three weeks later? Mm? Hmm? No. no, what? no you can't, you, can you still wear them three weeks later? No, we just recycle. No, yeah, yeah. So, I, I, it's because she's and she's like, hey, this is a kink. This is a fetish, full on. But couples that are requesting this jewelry are, I'm couldn't find enough details about how it gets. But it's like, so you you jizz into a container. And I guess you send it to her. You mail it to her, and then she gets to unpack. At this point, somewhat rancid, probably a bit heated jizz. Mm-hmm. Dry it grind it up into a powder, and then rub the dry jizz into her clay creations, which she will then send back to the couple, which is more sustainable and long-term than all of the pearl necklaces you've been making. Maybe. I think my pearl necklaces are quite sustainable. Thank you very much. Okay. Well, sure. I'm hard to wear it day in and day out unless Mm. you're continuing to freshly create them. <laughs> but uh, I, dried glistening film around uh, your neck. Uh, it did, okay, okay, sure. Speaking of pearl necklaces, ah uh-huh, yes, do this, go this, on. This, this is my smooth transition into my I, final. Thing. I'm really curious how you're going to pull off this pearl necklace transition. I'm listening with okay. rapid. Well, well I mean, it's it's a it's a classic finishing move in porn. Either the face or the chest or whatever. Yeah. Right, right? Okay, yeah. Were you aware that Nintendo doesn't own just one porn film? They own two porn films? I wasn't aware that Nintendo owned any porn films. Yes, this is a little known fact that Nintendo owns two porn films. They bought the rights to Super Horneo Brothers back in 1993. Because the movies were produced, they shot the whole thing in a couple of days. Ron Jeremy starred as Horneo Horneo with his brother Squeegee Horneo. So the the plot of Super Horneo Brothers is that a power surge sends whacked out computer programmers Sergi Horneo and his brother Orneo into cyberspace where they meet up with, have sex with, and even fight a variety of characters from a popular video game. Which is Super Mario Brothers. Right. This porn parody was going to be coming out right around the same time that the real Super Mario Brothers movie was being released in theaters, which itself was awful. And I think some people say it was like one of the worst Worst movies of of all time ever made. Yeah. (laughs) But I guess Nintendo didn't want the competition. So they wound up buying the rights to both Super Horneo Brothers and Super Horneo Brothers 2. Oh, there was so many unanswered questions with well, the first one. I mean, yeah, it was a cliffhanger. 
Penis goes where? Yeah. So there's so they have these two porn movies that they have not released to the public, and they have no plans on releasing them to the public. There have been some leaked footage of it that you can find online of Super Hornier Brothers, and it's awful, of course, because it's 1993 bad VHS porn starring Ron Jeremy. You're not going to want to be releasing any footage with Ron Jeremy these days. But you know what? He does kind of look like Mario. I don't think Nintendo has any plans to relinquish the rights to these films, so the full films will never see the light of day. That's probably not a great loss. Yeah, it's probably not a great loss. But I was just kind of surprised to find out that Nintendo does actually own a couple of porn films, as they can they can claim that. I don't know if they they claim it on their tax returns. Keep that shit in the vault. Yeah, yeah. I was like, it's an asset. We swear. <laughs> as I was looking into this, um, how old do you think Nintendo is? Oh, uh, it was around in the eighties, right? Mm-hmm. Um. 1977. You're close. Oh, okay. You're close, right. but you're off by about 90 years. 90? Yeah, they were what? formed in 1889. What? Yeah. Nintendo's what? been around since 1889. They started as a playing card company in Japan. I did not know that. Yeah. So Nintendo, they, so they, they came out with the Nintendo, the, the the first NES, almost 100 years after they were formed as a company. Wow. Mm. I have learned so much tonight. Yeah. You never know. Anyways, that's the last I have for you there. A uh, little video game trivia, porn trivia, double header <laughs> for you. <laughs> I, I have learned about Nintendo. I've learned about it being a playing card company. We have a new Patreon supporter. And uh, also, occasionally, you can start growing a dick at the age of 12. Yeah. Surprise. It happens. Well, I hope that you, dear listeners, have learned something as well. And that's why you keep coming back week after week after week. As we pack knowledge and interesting tidbits into your ear holes. Both ear holes at once. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Little ear DP. Ear hole DP. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyways, give these fine folks a... Jaunty salute. Send them on their way. Enjoy your week. We will talk at you next time. We love you. Thank you so much for joining us. We couldn't do it without you. And we will catch you next time. Over and out. One jaunty salute for you. Bye-bye.